Hi, welcome to Seattle Mama Doc. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here helping you tease out what you need to know and what you can share with your kids and teens about e-cigarettes. This is really coming about because the Surgeon General just released a big new clinical report and policy outlining the import of of this problem. And I mean, it's a big deal when the Surgeon General goes out and talks about a particular issue because he or she only gets to choose a few of them every year. And I've had the great pleasure to spend some time and meet Dr. Vivek Murthy, our current Surgeon General. And like, he's just a good guy working so hard to articulate what's going on in the country. You know, before this, the two campaigns I think about that have gotten the most attention have been his, you know, 22 minutes of exercise or steps every day. And then his work really head on dealing with the opioid crisis. This is as important. And at first glance, it may not seem that way. But when we think about what kills people, it's heart disease. And when we think about what is the leading thing that we could reverse that leads to heart disease, it's the use of tobacco products in someone's lifetime. And so as we approach new numbers around kids using e-cigarettes and we kind of kind of feel the pain um, that's coming off of all the gain we had. So in the last decade, we've had less and less teens using cigarettes. And that's really important because when you look at the adult smokers who are addicted, who don't even want to smoke a lot of the time, but it's so hard to quit smoking, nine in 10 of those adult smokers say they started using tobacco products when they were a teenager and got hooked. They got addicted. And that was that. And so if we know that there's a bump or increase where kids are getting exposed to nicotine and getting addicted early, the worry is that the burden of these use of tobacco and the cancers and the heart disease that come from them will increase again in ways and kind of railroad over basically all the progress that we've made. So when I looked at the report and the executive summary of the report, it comes with these four words. One was from Tom Frieden, who's the director of the Center for Disease Control at the CDC, and he said, you know, e-cigarettes are now the most commonly used tobacco product among youth in the United States. So Truly, it is not that these kids are smoking regular cigarettes in the back of a car. It's that they're using these e-cigarettes more than ever before. And e-cigarettes are considered by the government, but really nationally, even by the FDA, as, you know, tobacco products. And they're often being manufactured and the companies that make them are being acquired even by tobacco companies. So the same strategies that tobacco companies use to sell cigarettes to kids are being used to try to sell the idea of e-cigarettes to, to teens. No question, we've had celebrity placements very early on. I mean, I remember one of my good friends who's a writer who will remain unnamed, um, was approached, I mean, this was probably, I don't know, four years ago, but was approached to be given like forty or $50,000 to appear um, using, you know, an e-cigarette somewhere as just a writer. So the celebrity endorsements and placements are everywhere to make them look cool. And when you ask kids, and this came from the Surgeon General Report, like, what's the most common reason that they're using e-cigarettes? They say they're curious, a totally normal thing for a teen to say. They like the flavor and taste, so it's kind of interesting, and they like choosing the cotton candy flavor or green apple flavor. And then the third reason is their perception of no harm or little harm. 
And that's where we have to help teens out. So curiosity, we're not going to change. <laughs> that's a good thing in some ways. It's just that teens don't follow all the way through. The flavor and taste is, is a problem, right? Because in some ways, these have been advertised with things that kids like, cotton candy, green apple flavor, bubble gum, stuff that's really kind of targeted towards a younger person's mind. And then the perception of no harm. So there are lobbyist groups out there that are really strong advocates in the adult world saying, well, it's better to smoke an e-cig than it is to smoke 20 tobacco cigarettes. Maybe. We don't know that. And the what's called harm reduction principle data is really coming forward. But this perception of no harm with e-cigarettes comes from people thinking there's hardly anything in them. We know there are hundreds of chemicals in traditional tobacco cigarettes that we worry about. Many of them are carcinogens or cancer-causing chemicals. But there are lots of aerosolized chemicals as well that come in e-cigarettes, and they're not all that well understood. I mean, first and foremost, what is an e-cig? So people call it vaping. People call it e-cigs. People call it e-cigarettes, e-hookahs. You know, what is typically in them is a liquid suspension that is typically contains nicotine but doesn't always that's burned in a kind of electronic device and as it combusts it's aerosolized so put into a vapor and then it's inhaled some of the flavoring that's added in there um, could be dangerous propylene glycol glycerin flavoring and then kids are also using these e-cigarettes to smoke and inhale other chemicals including illicit drugs and other things so there's those concerns but if we just keep it really to e-cigs we don't know really the safety of a lot of those chemicals and ingredients the e-cig really, as it's heated up, it puts that into an aerosolized form, and then it goes directly to the lungs. So wh why that works and why kids get a high from it is that if nicotine's in there in particular, it goes right into the lungs, your blood is flowing all over the surfaces in your lungs, and the nicotine then goes right into the bloodstream, goes right up to the brain, and gives you that little kick that nicotine has. And here's why this matters. It matters for two reasons. The brain changes because of the effects of nicotine. A teen's brain is still developing and changing, learning impulse control, attention control, and behavior until you're 24. So as that brain is changing, nicotine changes it. And it changes the way that synapses are formed. Synapses are brain cells and the space, actually, they're the spaces between brain cells. And that matters because it teaches your brain, basically, as you're still changing your brain and trimming your brain through adolescence, you're learning how to think, how to have impulse control, how to avoid mood disorders, and really have long-standing changes. So nicotine goes directly and changes that. The other second big problem is that you get addicted to it. Nicotine is one of the most addictive substances on earth. You, Some people use it a few times and already begin to have significant cravings and are already addicted. So if a kid starts using an e-cigarette, gets addicted early, they may be addicted for a lifetime. And the new report from the Surgeon General is startling in this. A 900% increase in use in high school students from 2011 to 2015 a 900% increase. So when you ask kids what they're doing on a monthly basis, you know, more likely than not, they're now going to say they're using an e-cigarette more than they're going to say they're using or experimenting with regular cigarettes. And when you look at some of the graphs, and you can just Google it, there's some nice, powerful um, infographic and interactive sites that you can find on Mamadoc, but just Google Surgeon General e-cigs, and you'll find this interactive site. But you can look at the map. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see what percent of kids are actually saying that they're using e-cigarettes. But now, when you're looking at high school students, it's up over like the 15%. I mean, that's like more than one in 10 kids are using e-cigarettes. And they'll say that in the last month they've used e-cigarettes that way. I'm like flipping my paper over to look at the graph because it's like it's a stark change between 2013 and 2015 in part because of how they got the data. But trends in the past 30-day e-cig use, I mean, these teens are up at like the 16%. And even middle school students are over 10%. 
which is kind of crazy to me. So we know nicotine damages the teen brain. We know it leads to addiction. We know that this flavored stuff is one of the reasons that these teens go out and say, yeah, I'm curious. I want to like taste this flavor and I kind of want to look cool. Previous data has talked about perception that peers have of feeling like they get credit in some ways for kind of taking some of these risks, even when they think this is a low harm or low risk. And the other thing that we know is that the use of e-cigarettes is going up as the price goes down. And that's really important. And that's in the Surgeon General's report, meaning that these companies are smart. They put celebrities with these tools. They advertise them in ways that teens think they're interesting. They use flavors that are targeted towards kids. And then gradually, the price is coming down. And as the price goes down, the amount of sales go up. And the amount of use in teens is also dramatically increasing. 900% increase in use between 2011 and 2015 when all those placements have been happening, all the advertisements have been happening, and dysregulation was happening. So it is now, you know, e-cigars are now considered tobacco products. It is a ban from the FDA to sell them to minors under 18. But there is some work to really even push that age up to 21. So I think here's what you need to know as a parent. E-cigs are not zero harm, and they're not necessarily low harm. We don't really know. There are multiple chemicals that are burned. Nicotine is going directly into the bloodstream, changing the way that your kids' brain cells communicate and dramatically putting them at risk for addiction to nicotine that may lead them to tobacco products over time. Tell your kids that. Tell them that this isn't a zero risk or no harm thing. Let them understand that it's going to change how they think. We know nicotine use in pregnancy is dangerous, can lead to even increase in risks of things like sudden infant death syndrome in babies and families who are exposed to it. And we know it can increase the risk for people to have mood disorders, you know, longstanding addiction problems, and permanent changes in impulse control permanent changes in impulse control. I mean, give me a break. So tell your kids that. I would suggest uh, if you're using e-cigarettes, explaining why you're using them and thinking carefully, you may be using them to try to reduce the amount of traditional tobacco and combustible products that you're using. Explain that to teens if that's the choice that you're making. Of course, with your kids, you do just want to be patient and listen. So if they're using them, listen to it and figure out why. Help them make a good plan to try to avoid it and particularly avoid addiction. And then, of course, you know, as best we can, we want to have kind of this tobacco-free example that we set in front of our kids. So e-cigs are getting regulated like tobacco now. The FDA has gone forward and done so. But we know now that in teens and young adults and kids in those young adults when their brain is still forming between 18 and 24, they're using e-cigarettes more than any of the adults too. So you may want to see, you may want to listen to that stuff that this is a harm reduction, but the group that's using e-cigarettes the very most, 18 to 24, when their brains are still forming. Yuck. Um, more on e-cigs, just Google Surgeon General e-cigs, um, e-cigarettes to learn more about addiction, how to talk to your kids, and what you can do to kind of help prevent this. I mean, the reality is <laughs> addiction happens early in life. The reality is getting addicted to nicotine will likely shorten your child's life. And the reality is parenting is a really high-stakes job. But the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 